gone specifically, I don't think, in all these 35 years of ministry. Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 1. Let's stand for the reading of God's word and for prayer. I shared this as our call to worship tonight. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He, he was in the beginning with God. We're going to take a look tonight at a subject that I have addressed, I don't want to say in passing, but I haven't made it the main thrust of a, of a message until tonight. We're going to take a look at what the Bible has to say about the pre-incarnate Christ. Praise the Lord. We may get a little deep tonight. Amen. Brother Richie, pray for us so we don't mess up. Amen. God has always been. He is and he always shall be. Eternity is a concept that we can, I, I say explain, describe. Thank you, Lord. But it's not one that we really understand. Because as far as you can go, there's something on the other side of that. And as far as you can go, you know, this way, there's something on the other side of that. How many of y'all ever watched that Toy Story movie? To Infinity and Beyond. There you go. Got a couple of folks like him cartoons. That's what old Buzz Lightyear says, to infinity. But you, you talk about infinity, you talk about something that is without end. And here's the good news for the children of the Lord. We shall inherit a kingdom that has no end. Amen. Now, when you read the Gospel of John, chapter 17, the Lord shares a little bit about his relationship with his father in a pre-incarnation dispensation or a time before his advent. The glory that we uh, I shared with you when I you know, was at your right hand. When I was, you know. And so I want to look tonight, three instances where the pre-incarnate Christ came to earth and interacted with men. First one, Genesis chapter 18, verse number 1. Then the Lord. Now, we've had a lot of interaction with angels throughout the Bible and even, you know, the day which we live. But here the writer says, Then the Lord, identifying him, appeared to him by the terebinth trees of memory as he was sitting in the tent door in the heat of the day. So he lifted his eyes and looked, and behold, Three men were standing by him, and when he saw them, he ran from the tent door to meet them, 
and bowed himself to the ground. Abraham does this and said, My Lord, if I have now found favor in your sight, do not pass on by your servant. Please let a little water be brought and wash your feet and rest yourselves under the tree. And I will bring a morsel of bread that you may refresh your hearts. After that, you may pass by inasmuch as you have come to your servant. They said, do as you have said. So Abraham hurried into the tent to Sarah and said, quick woman. No, he said, quickly, make ready three measures of fine meal, knead it, and make cakes. Because Abraham was probably like me, a sorry cook. And Abraham ran to the herd, took a tender and a good calf, gave it to the young man. He hastened to prepare it. So he took butter and milk and the calf which he had prepared and set it before him. And he stood by them under the tree. Listen, as they ate. They ate. Then they said to him, where is Sarah, your wife? So he said, right chair in this tent. And he said, I will certainly return to you according to the time of life. And behold, Sarah, your wife, shall have a son. Now Sarah was listening in the tent door which was behind him. Now Abraham and Sarah were old. Now I used to preach this and it didn't affect me like it does now, but I can sympathize with them now. Abraham and Sarah were old, well advanced in age, and Sarah had passed the age of childbearing, and Dorothy and Andy have too. Amen. Therefore Sarah laughed within herself, saying, I love this, by the way, it shows the humanity of the folks who are, you know, that we learn about in the scriptures. She says within herself, after I have grown old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord being old also? I mean, she thought it was funny. Abraham was a fine man, but Abraham wasn't the man he used to be. And I'm not the woman I used to be, because time has taken its toll. We're well past that. She has experienced menopause. And Abraham has just experienced getting old and crotchety. So what she's saying here is that she just cannot see in any physical possibility where the circumstances, I'm trying to be as tactful as I can here, where the circumstances will be conducive to procreation between her and Abraham. And the Lord said to Abraham, why did, who? The Lord. Again, he's identified here. And the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh? Saying, surely, uh, shall I surely bear a child since I am old? And then here's the question that the Lord asked them and he asked us tonight. Is anything too hard for the Lord? Amen. At the appointed time I will return to you according to the time of life and Sarah shall have a son. That was going to happen and nothing and nobody was going to stop it. Because the Lord has made a declaration here. I'm going to return about this time next year and this time of life. It doesn't matter that Sarah is old. It don't matter that Abraham is old. Nothing else matters. Nothing. Because I have said it. It's going to happen. Nothing was going to stop it. They didn't have to worry about being hit by a meteorite. They didn't have to worry about being laid over by on a camel. They didn't have to worry about getting sick with some illness and dying because the Lord has said, next time, year at this time, woman, you're going to have a child. I don't know, you're going to have a child. You're going to bear a son. And when he said that, nothing could stop it from happening. 
I'm here to tell you, folks, when the Lord speaks, that's it. Now, people can argue with him if he want to. But when the Lord says, it shall be, it's going to be, and there ain't enough devils in hell, and the devil himself can't stop it. Now, that is a, a source of great comfort for me personally. I appreciate that. Is anything too hard for the Lord? We look, at, we look at circumstances just like Sarah did. I'm not criticizing Sarah. I, you know, I, I'm just, because she looked, this is how things are. I am this old. Abraham is this old. We are too old. Everything she could see with her eyes, everything her senses told her is that this is impossible. And then the pre-incarnate Christ asked her a question, is anything too hard for me? Is anything too hard for me? For the Lord, you will have a son. But Sarah denied it, said, I did not laugh. Don't lie to God. Don't waste your breath lying to God. I did not laugh, for she was afraid. And he, the Lord, the creator of the universe, said, No, but you did laugh. I just... I didn't laugh. Yes, you did. Don't be telling me you didn't laugh. I heard you laugh. Besides, I'm God Almighty. <laughs> what do you think you're going to hide from me anyway? There are times I am convinced, because we have a sense of humor, I am convinced that the Lord has one too. And when we get to heaven, we're going to, I'm, we're going to experience that. There have got to be times in some of the goofy stuff that we do that it just tickles the Lord. He has got, there have to be times when he just laughs, you know. And I think this is one of them. He wasn't, you know, condemning her to judgment or perdition or anything. He said, no, but you did laugh. I didn't laugh. Yes, you did. So we have the pre-incarnate Christ coming to Abraham. He's already made, he's already told him, but he, he came to him personally with two other men, and the two other men were angels with a small a. And that word angel just means messenger. But he, he comes to personally guarantee to Abraham. Because, see, Abraham is the first cog in the wheel as far as the plan of God for the redemption of mankind. God called Abraham out of Ur of the Chaldees, get up and go. And Abram, excuse me, his name hadn't changed by then. And, and Abram got up and went by faith. And he obeyed because he believed. And those are lessons that we can all, yahoo, two down, honey, you're fine. Holler at her, Brenda, so you know where you're at. Don't leave that baby hanging out there. I love the babies of this church. I love, I spoil them. And don't mess with the lambs of this congregation. You, make, you know, you just write that down, son, it's just how it is. They don't, they're not a bother, they're not a, you know, they get loose, praise God, I get loose with them. So the Lord goes to Abraham personally. You are going to have a son. Now Abraham and Sarah mess up with Hagar because they, they, they look at things from a fleshly, natural perspective, carnal perspective, and say, well, the Lord's, you know, I, I know the Lord's promised us a, a son and all that good deal, but it don't look like it's going to happen, so we're just going to drag Hagar over here and get her involved in this. And all that did was create a mess. When the Lord assures you of something, just believe him. If time passes, let it pass because it, it don't mean anything to God. Time is nothing to the Lord. He is 
master over time itself. If you want to get into physics, Einstein proved that. But God Almighty is master of time itself. So it didn't bother him that Aaron, uh, Abraham and Sarah were old, had reached that age, because he had said, when thus says the Lord, you take that to the bank, it's going to happen. So this is our first encounter. The pre-incarnate Christ coming to Abraham and Sarah, reassuring them of the promise he's already given to Abraham that they're going to have a son. And you know what? They did. Isaac. Now, they had others, but we get into the New Testament in the writings of Paul, he really emphasizes it that Isaac is the seed of promise, not Ishmael and nobody else. Isaac is the seed of promise. Amen. So we go on to the book of Judges, chapter 13, verse number 8, for our second encounter. Then Manoah prayed to the Lord and said, Oh, my Lord, please let the man, capital M, the man of God whom you, capital Y, sent to come to us again and teach us what we shall do for the child who will be born. And God listened to the voice of Manoah and the angel, capital A, of God came to the woman again as she was sitting in the field. But Manoah, her husband, was not with her. Then the woman ran in haste and told her husband and said, Look, the man, capital M, who came to me the other day has just now appeared to me. And so Manoah arose and followed his wife. When he came to the man and he said to him, that these are capital M and capital H, are you, capital Y? And I'm saying that to emphasize the identity of this person. Are you the man who spoke to this woman? He said, I am. It is a miracle that an earthquake didn't take place when he spoke them words. I am. Manoah said, now let your words come to pass. What will be the boy's rule of life and his work? So the angel, capital A, of the Lord said to Manoah, of all that I said to the woman, let her be careful. She may not eat anything that comes from the vine, nor may she drink wine or similar drink, nor eat anything unclean. All that I commanded her, let her observe. Then Manoah said to the angel of the Lord, Please let us detain you, and we will prepare a young goat for you. And the angel of the Lord said to Manoah, Though you detain me, I will not eat your food. But if you offer a burnt offering, you must offer it to the Lord. For Manoah did not know he was the angel, capital A, angel of the Lord. Then Manoah said to the angel of the Lord, What is your name? That when your words come to pass, we may honor you. Verse 18. And the angel of the Lord said to him, Why do you ask my name, seeing it is wonderful? Why do you ask my name, seeing it is wonderful? Wonderful, counselor, mighty God, prince of peace. Go on down the line. He is revealing himself to us. As he's speaking to Manoah, why do you ask my name, seeing it is wonderful? The other angels would have told her. Yeah, you know. But he says, why do you ask my name, seeing that my name is wonderful? That don't apply to anybody else. So Manoah took the young goat with a grain offering and offered it upon the rock to the Lord. And he did a wondrous thing while Manoah and his wife looked on. It happened as the flame went up toward heaven from the altar, the angel of the Lord ascended in the flame of the altar. What did he do? He stepped in that fire and went up. Now that pulled your eyebrows back. When Manoah and his wife saw this, they fell to their faces to the ground. 
when the angel of the Lord appeared no more to Manoah and his wife, then Manoah knew that he was, he was the angel of the Lord. And Manoah said to his wife, we shall surely die, listen, because we have seen God. Manoah realized who he was. The pre-incarnate Christ. We celebrate his advent. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. We celebrate, you know, at Christmas time. But before Christmas time came, the Lord interacted with people specifically in Israel that is recorded in the word of God. So as we are, you know, going to have our manger scene, hopefully uh, Dorothy and I will be able to pull all the stuff out sometime before this weekend. We're going to have the manger scene, and we're going to have the wise men at the manger scene. Brother Andy's going to make an issue out of it again, as I have for the last 35 years. But the wise men were not, at, were not at the manger. They were at the house two years later. But that ain't going to affect nobody's salvation, so I ain't going to make a great big deal out of it. Just me and Dorothy argue over it. Every, no, I'm just kidding. The pre-incarnate Christ is dealing with the human race. You say, well, how can he do that? Well, angels do it. Word of God says we entertain angels unaware. If you saw an archangel who reflected the Shekinah glory of Almighty God, you know what your response would be? I'll be glad to tell you, be on your face. Scared to death. Just like everybody else in this book, they were—they are a fear, not a frightful sight, but a fearsome sight because of that, of who they are and what they can do. Especially that archangel class, and they shine. You know what the miracle of Jesus' ministry was? Was the fact that he didn't shine the Shekinah glory of God all the time. On the Mount of Transfiguration, he did. He just revealed himself. And then you have an interaction with, with the Father. And then you have, God, Lord love, Peter. We'll make three tabernacles. And when God the Father says, hush, and listen to him, then you need to hush. <laughs> listen. But it's just that, 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 that glow of that glory of God. And the angels, they don't produce that. They reflect it. That's what same thing happened to Moses. All he saw was a of the backside. <laughs> he comes down off that mountain and people are just, you know. And then bless his heart as it began to wear off, he got him a bail. He was kind of embarrassed it was, it was wearing off. So the miracle here really is that the Lord was able to contain his glory so that he did not shine forth all the time. But you know what? He's not containing it now. Go to the back of the book. You won't be encouraged. How many of y'all watched that crazy Congress today? In Fruit Loops. Well, then you shouldn't be critical of them people. That one woman, she nutty as a fruitcake. Anybody say that but me? I'm a professor of constitutional law. <laughs> Come on, give me a break. Praise God. The Lord God omnipotent reigns and our Savior is seated at the right hand of the Father in glory and power and honor. And when he comes back, it's going to be something else. People got Jesus on the cross. They need to get him off. I've been in them Catholic hospitals. You couldn't take four steps without a crucifix. Jesus on the cross. 
I want to write a little note so he ain't there no more. What you need to put up there is an empty tomb. Amen. That more, from my perspective, is, is a, a, a better symbol of him. He is alive. And his countenance, read the book of Revelation, is awesomely. I mean, it's terrible in a good way. But he is to encourage us. Praise God. I mean, you, you read the hair, the eyes, the garments. He is the holy warrior king. The lion of the tribe of Judah. Lamb of God, yes, he fulfilled that role. He did the work. He went to the cross. He gave his life. He shed his blood. But on the third day, he rose again. He was in a transitional form between then and his ascension. But when he ascended to the right hand of the Father and was glorified, sat down, the Bible says, sat down at the right hand of the power, sat down at the right hand of the Father. He was glorified and is glorified still. And that is to encourage us. Now, don't get the idea that the Jesus you pray to is somehow handicapped because he ain't. <laughs> Woo! Praise God. And then, and then th this is something, you know, he said it. We don't act like we believe it. All power, he says, given to me in heaven and in earth. I give you power over all the power of the enemy. Oh, Lord, the devil did this, the devil did Amen. He has all power. How he was able to, in the pre-incarnate state, how he was able to contain that, to come down here and interact with human beings, is nothing less than a miracle. Last one, my favorite, Daniel, chapter 3, verse 15. We all know the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah are their names. These are the Babylonian names they were given in Babylon. Hananiah, Mishael, Azariah. If you want to look them up in heaven, don't go around asking for Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego because nobody knows where they're at because they ain't there. But if you ask for Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, somebody will say, yeah, they're down that street, take a left, and you'll find them. Now, if you are ready at the time, you hear the sound of the horn, flute, harp, lyre, and psaltery in symphony with all kinds of music, and you fall down and worship the image which I have made good. But if you do not worship, you shall be cast immediately in the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. And who is the God, little g, who will deliver you from my hands? Arrogant human being. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, Answered and said to the king, I love this. O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. It ain't going to take all day for us to give you a response. If that is the case, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. You think you all that, but you ain't. But if not... Let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. Now take notice here. Our God is able, and, and here's something we all need to learn a lesson from this. Because we've all prayed and asked God for something that didn't happen, then we got all ticked, you know. 
These young men's attitude was, look, our God is able to deliver us, but if he don't, we're going to serve him anyway. You can throw me in that furnace and burn me up to a crisp and just a small mound of ashes. It ain't going to bother me one bit because I'm not going to fall down and worship your gods. I don't care what you do to me, old king. You can just feel the attitude these boys had. And there's nothing wrong with having an attitude if you are giving God glory, especially when you're dealing with the enemy. <laughs> then Nebuchadnezzar, and this is, this is what, then Nebuchadnezzar was full of fury. You thought he was mad. He's hot now. That's a fun. And the expression on his face changed toward Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He spoke and commanded that they heat the furnace seven times more than it was usually heated. Turn it up, boys. And he commanded certain mighty men of valor who were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and cast them into the burning, fiery furnace. He got the biggest, baddest, woolly boogerest boys he had to tie them up and chunk them in there. Then these men were bound in their coats, their trousers, their turbans, their other garments, were cast into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Therefore, because the king's command was urgent and the furnace exceedingly hot, the flame of the fire killed those men who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Hananiah, Mishal, Azariah. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down bound into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace that is hotter than it's ever so hot that the men who threw them in died. It burnt them and killed them. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished and he rose in haste and spoke, saying to his counselors, Did we not cast three men bound in the midst of the fire? They answered and said to the king, True, O king, we did. Look, he answered, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Who went in that... You know what? He didn't walk in behind them, beloved. He was in there waiting on them. He didn't walk in after they got chunked in. They got chunked in. He was in there waiting on them. Who? This one is liking. From Nebuchadnezzar's perspective, he's like the Son of God, but the truth is he is the Son of God. And we know the rest of the story. How they came out, smelling sweet. Smell of, of, of fire was not on them at all. They didn't even smell smoky. We know how it is to be around a campfire or whatever and you cook your weenies and all that good stuff. Then later on you go in and you go, man, that smoke got on my clothes. You have to take a bath and all that. They didn't have to do none of that. They came out smelling sweet. You know why? Because they had been in the presence of the pre-incarnate Son of Almighty God. You know why? Because they said, we don't care what you do to us. Our God can save us, no doubt. But if he decides not to, his will be done. You want to experience the blessings of God? I mean, really, experience the blessings of God? Pray that same prayer. Your will be done. Your will be done. And don't... And, and don't put any expectations to that. 
just pray your will be done. Now, you've got to be careful because I prayed that prayer and God called me to preach, which was absolutely nowhere in my plans. I mean, it just wasn't. But I prayed that prayer and I meant it. Lord, because I read just, you know, in my study of the scriptures. Lord, your will be done. Your will be done in my life. Have your way in my life. I submit myself to you and to your will. And sometimes we just want our will to be done. It gets in the way. Father, your will be done. These boys, talk about faith. They knew that God could deliver them. He could got up in Nebuchadnezzar's face and said, let me tell you something, Doc. My God can drop you dead as a hammer right now and make me king that quick. He would do it later on in Daniel. That's going to happen. But he said that, you know, it, 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 you know, that's just who he is. But, you know, if he decides not to, and if he decides not to deliver us, and he lets us burn in that furnace, that's okay too. If that's his will, it's all right. If that's his will, I'm for it. That's his will, I submit to it. That's his will, I yield to it. If that is his will, I embrace it. You're talking about being burned alive, man. I ain't talking about somebody coming up shooting you in the head with a 45, putting you out of your misery that quick. I'm talking about a slow, horrible death, being absolutely. But if that's what he wants me to do, we're willing, not just me, we are willing to do it. And the Lord honored that. He said, I'll be waiting on you. They chunk you in here. The, 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 the flames will loosen your bonds. But you're going to meet me. Now that can be used as a metaphor for us too. There are going to be times when we in that furnace and you in that trial. But because you have declared your faith in the Lord and your desire for his will to be done in your life, you may say, I'm in the worst place I, I can conceive of being. But when you get there, he's standing there waiting on you. Wonder what he told them. Well, let's just make an educated guess. Boys, I heard you. I heard that little conversation y'all had with Nebuchadnezzar. I heard what you said. I heard it when you told him that I was able to deliver you, but if I didn't and decided to let y'all burn in here, that that was all right. My, my will be done. And, and, and it, it just it, abs it touched the heart of God. And here I am, just to let you fellas know that when you turn that corner and let go of this carnal world and everything you could expect in it and embrace me completely like you did, you'll find me there. He'll be there for us too. Isn't that great? Same Jesus. Only now, having been incarnated, having been born of a virgin, having died on the cross, rose from the dead, and all that. He's just as available to us as he was to them. I'll close with this. Y'all remember Peter when he's in prison? Peter's in prison. What's Peter doing in prison? Ain't this the same Peter that him and, and John was at the temple and told that guy we ain't got no money, but I'll tell you what we have got. Praise God, we got the Holy Ghost. Come here, man. In the name of Jesus, rise up. I sure didn't sound like Ernest Angley, but you know. You get excited when you're praying for people. 
This same Peter that, that did that and, and saw the Lord after his ascension heal that man. <laughs> hey, praise God. I'm in jail. <laughs> what, what am I doing in jail? What happened? The angels, small a, come down, open the doors, let him out. Then he goes to where the church is praying. That's an important part. Knock on the door. Old gal comes to the door. Yeah, that's Peter. And she goes back and they don't believe her. Don't, don't do a baby like that. Child comes in and tell you Peter at the door, go to the door. Oh, that ain't Peter, hun. And then somebody comes up with this idea. It's his angel. No, it don't look like no angel. It look like Peter to me. Peter, hey, y'all, it's cold out here. Let me in. It is Peter. Then they, glory to God. And then the end of that is when he prays for boldness. Lord, grant us boldness. You preach your word. Grant us boldness to declare the gospel. And that's what the Lord wanted to hear. We pray the prayer that God wants to hear. He'll shake the house. Shake it for them. They were just delighted to see Peter. Same God. Same God. We're going to lift some folks up tonight that need the church to pray for them.